Hi, this is KJ. Uh, I know it's been a month since um, all the craziness. Uh, went to Montana. That was interesting. The whole situation was super sad. Um, my youngest sister died about three months ago now. It's, it's really been a, a kind of a shit show through the whole thing. And it was an unnecessary death. She was a COVID denier, lived out in the middle of Montana. Tell you truth, when, after I drove there, it wasn't even the middle of Montana. It was 60 miles south of the Canadian border and 60 miles west of North Dakota. So it was, uh, you know, in fucking nowhere. So she had had a gastric bypass like 10 or 12 years ago. Then she did not follow the diet. She was an alcoholic and she was diabetic. She had uh, stomach gastro problems here oh, about the middle of March. Went to the doctor. They said she needed to have her gallbladder removed. When she went to the hospital to have her gallbladder removed, they found that she had multiple intestinal leakages from the gastric bypass. So then she proceeded to have four more surgeries and she could not go home since she, it was all abdominal surgery. So they sent her to a rehabilitation facility in Billings, Montana, where she contracted COVID. She was in the rehab facility for about a month. And from all accounts, she was getting better. Then she crashed, ended up in the ICU, went back to a hospital in Billings where she did, never made it out of the ICU. And I got the message the same day that the house flooded with sewage. And uh, so what's happened since then, it's kind of been a whirlwind. I'm waiting right now for the house to close. And so I'm on pins and needles about that. It's supposed to close on the 8th. I filled out all the paperwork, but, you know, they can still back out and forfeit their earnest money. So uh, I really am hoping this thing goes through and I can go out house shopping next weekend and finally put to rest this chapter of the Swamp Queen and the sewage and the mice and everything else that goes along with it. I'll tell you a little bit about my trip to Montana. I did not know how far I was going, and it turned out to be about a thousand-mile drive one way. I left here uh, Memorial Day, since the funeral was going to be on the 5th of June instead of the 5th of May, like it was originally planned. I drove from Seattle to St. Regis, Montana. And as I'm going across eastern Washington, we, fi we find out that we're going into a historic heat wave. And my car's old, and I had it loaded down. And I had the dogs with me. And uh, as I'm going up the second mountain pass, car starts overheating. It has never overheated before in its life. And I've had it since it was new in 2003. So not knowing what to do, I just pulled over and let it cool down, figuring it was an anomaly since it was so doggone hot. Well, I get to Idaho, and I'm going over the Lookout Pass, and that's a 6,000-foot pass. Of course, it's overheating again. So I get to the top, and I 
don't let it get all the way up to the H. I have I got enough sense to know that you don't want the car to go all the way up to the H. That you know, as soon as it starts to climb a little bit, then let the uh, let her cool down. So we sat on top of the pass there for about 15 minutes, and uh, then I drive down into St. Regis, and I had not realized that you know this is a stupidity on my part, but the time zone changes right there in. Uh, St. Regis, Montana. So I lost an hour. So instead of being 9.30, it turned out to be 10.30. So I pulled into the old Super 6 or Super 8 or whatever motel it was, and it was actually the most comfortable bed that I've ever had in a motel. So I will give props to the Super 8 in St. Regis that they had, it was a nice, clean, comfortable bed, and it was a definitely a good pit stop. So if you're ever going through St. Regis, uh, even though it doesn't look like much from the outside, it's a, a good little motel. Well, starting to unload the stuff, open the back window, and dumbass buddy decides to jump out of the car like a rocket. I've still got the other dog, Sprite, and she's like a boat anchor. And I'm trying to catch this dumbass, and he's deciding to run laps around the parking lot. He's running around the parking lot, and there's these two guys out there drinking. I think they're going fishing the next morning. And I kept asking him, kind of, you know, if he swings past you, could you grab him? And uh, they were laughing so much at him that when he did swing by, they missed. Unfortunately, Buddy then decides to take a turn towards the highway. And I'm going after him, and he's you know, he's playing and jumping around, and uh, but he's heading for the road. And on the other side of the road is Glacier National Park. So if he makes it across the road, then I probably am never going to see this dog ever again. Fortunately, a man in a pickup truck drives up just as Buddy's hitting the intersection. He opens the door and damn stupid dog jumps in this man's car. Fortunately, the man did not want the dog, so I get Buddy back. Next morning, gas up, take off, and I really didn't know where I was going, so I decided to go to Missoula, not realizing that Missoula is only about an hour and a half out of St. Regis, so I should have split my trip up a little bit better, you know, stayed in Coeur d'Alene, then the Missoula. So I go into Missoula, and I kind of take this back route out of St. Regis, and I ended up at the National Buffalo Reserve, and that was really interesting. You can drive around this in Montana, there's no explanation about how big, you know, the wide open spaces are because there's more cattle in Montana than there are people. But the Buffalo Range was really cool because you could just drive around. They said a true loop in there takes four hours. I fooled around for about an hour, got to see some fabulous scenery, but I decided to stop when there was a herd of buffalo standing on the road and the people on the other side were trying to drive through the buffalo, and I decided I'm not going to irritate a herd of buffalo. So we turned around and went back out. But that was really cool to see the size of those animals up close and personal. So then you start heading you know, east. The roads are just big straight lines, and you're just going 80, 85 miles an hour. And again, worrying about the car overheating and 100-degree weather. Uh, was a little hairy. So I get to Missoula and I decided that since I had an extra day, since I had miscalculated my road trip, I'd just stay in Missoula and see what, what's there because my niece had said it was a pretty cool college town. Uh, there was a fort. I drove out to the fort, and, but everything was so crowded. I mean, it was 
packed. Um, the park was packed. The fort was packed. Every place you went was absolutely packed. And there really was no place that I could leave the dogs since it was 100 degrees. Worried about the car, I did pull into the Lithica Ford dealership and asked them to take a look at it. And their advice was that, yeah, it's not blowing any coolant, wasn't blowing any oil. So there must be some fluke with the, they think it was the clutch fan. And so just uh, keep the heater going the whole time. So on top of uh, being 100 degrees out, I had to run the heater full blast for the duration of the trip. Next morning, head out towards uh, Glasgow and drove from Missoula to Glasgow. Again, I did not split up the trip properly because I should have gone from St. Regis to, to Great Falls because then I've got actually a, a longer stretch of highway than I did coming from Seattle to St. Regis. <laughs> you know, I, trying to plot the stuff out on a map was, I did what I thought the best I could trying to go from places to places where they would have uh, motel rooms, but uh, I really didn't do too well. I was more concerned about making sure I got gas. So I drove from Missoula to Glasgow, and that I got to Glasgow about 8.30 at night. And actually, the, the inn we stayed in there was pretty nice. Um, it had a little casino on the end of it. It had a, um, a big pool rec center, but there was a wedding staying at the hotel. So they pretty much monopolized, you know, all of the facilities, which is fine. You know, that's their wedding. I was there for a more somber situation. The next morning, we were told to be at the funeral home at two o'clock. So I went with my sister and my brother-in-law and my niece, and we went out there. And uh, we go in, and uh, Nancy's significant other, her partner, says there's no service. They basically had the urn and some flowers and a big poster board in a kind of a reception hall that they had at the funeral parlor, and we had the space for about an hour. There was some their neighbors came, and some of um, her partner's friends, but there was none of my relatives, and we were wondering if my cousin's stuff even got the message that Nancy had passed away because they live in Great Falls, and I kind of expected one of them to at least show up. I mean, I haven't seen these people, and shit. 40 years I know my sisters had kept in touch with them the cousins but I don't even know their names anymore tell you the truth so we did the service and we went out to the farm Nancy and her partner had purchased and uh, he offered he walked us around and just showed us this amount of stuff that she had horse trailers and horse tack and she would go from rodeo to rodeo selling horse tack and you know t-shirts and all this kind of stuff and she's just got boxes and boxes I got an entire container full of this stuff and he does not know he's 80 he doesn't know what to do with it so my nieces have offered to help liquidate some of this stuff but the caveat is that he has to get it to Idaho and then they will sell it and send him back a check it's you know we don't want anything from him. It's not our stuff. It's their stuff. And he was kind of surprised to say that, you know, we'll we'll help you out wherever we can. It's just that, and we don't want anything for it. Well, 
when my parents died, Janie and Nancy uh, fought like tigers over the contents of my parents' house. I tried to get an accounting of stuff, and all I kept hearing is everything was stolen, everything was missing. I never did get a, a true understanding of what happened to the antiques my parents had, the um, glassware, uh, jewelry, all of this kind of stuff. Well, out in a grain silo in the middle of Montana was a bunch of this stuff, as well as in the house that, the farmhouse. And it was very, very strange to walk in and see the furniture you grew up with. Now, this is stuff. I'm not kidding you. This is stuff that was, you know, this colonial maple furniture that my mom had bought. So this, we moved into the house I grew up in in 62. So this was stuff that she would have bought, you know, in the 60s. And here it is sitting around Nancy's house. And there was glassware, and there was the the coffee table, and the end tables, and it was this, I hated that stuff. And as soon as I saw it, all I had was flashbacks of having to spend every Saturday sitting on the floor with a po polish rag, polishing the dust off of the damn end tables with all of these fucking little spindles. So it was a little triggering. But then Tony said to go out in the um, the grain terminal. And when we opened up the door to the grain terminal, here's all this stuff that they had fought like tigers over. There was boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff that came out of my parents' house. And Nancy had hauled all of this stuff from Seattle all the way to this far corner in Montana just and then denied having it. We went through a little bit of it. There was a couple of glass vases I took. There was pieces to my china when I got married from my mom. So I took that. There was a couple of serving bowls. But really, since I'm getting ready to move, I had no ability to really. And the car was, change it, the car was back to the gills. You know, my car's not that big. And then I had the two dogs and all of the shit in it. So, because um, I didn't know how long I was going to be gone. And uh, so there was uh, really no place to put anything else that if, if I'd have wanted it. I mean, there was a, this really cool old um, pole lamp that I would like. But, you know, there was no way that I could what I'd do strap it to the roof of the fucking car, you know, on my way home. It was so hot. It was so hot that I had to stop. All the clothes that, you know, it had snowed the week before when I packed. It was snowing in that part of Montana. And everybody was really worried about driving because of the weather. So I wasn't that concerned about the weather. But when you then pack a week ahead of time because you had to do the laundry and had I had everything set up. Uh, then uh, when you get into an unprecedented heat wave when it's 101, I had to stop and buy a bunch of clothes because I had nothing to wear. It was too damn hot. So the next day, we didn't stay very, you know, we stayed a couple hours out at Tony's and then um, went back to the hotel and uh, had cocktails. Yeah, that was the other thing. Uh, 
before we went to the before we went over to the funeral home go over to my sister's room and they had a full bar set up at 11 o'clock in the morning and they're making cocktails and everything else and it's just like I was really shocked how much they drink you know I'd seen a lot of pictures she posted like every day after church they go to a bar and have you know Bloody Marys and stuff but I didn't realize that drinking was really a huge part of their life I'm just not going to answer that right now so uh they even made cocktails to go so this was it they actually made cocktails to go for us to drive around to the funeral home and then sat out in the parking lot waiting for this for the time that we could go in you know having some coke rum and having you know a cocktail to go so uh that was really odd and then we went back to the hotel after we were out at oh we had four beers out at the out at the ranch or the farm or whatever you want to call it and then we came back into town and went back to the hotel and had dinner and had three martinis so it was like that's more alcohol than i typically drink in a month than i did in a day and uh the next day i was going to have to drive back to i was heading i was going to go back to missoula well i did go back to missoula well buddy the infamous buddy has a shy bladder and a shy pooper and i pack up the car and just get on the highway and doing 80 miles an hour and all of a sudden i can see him spinning in the back of the car it's like no this dog is not going to shit in my car just as we're 10 minutes out of town and we got another two days to drive with dog shit in the car this is not happening so i pull over into a kind of a grassy spot and i get out and uh open the window and snap the leashes on the dogs and i open up the the um, tailgate and uh i got buddy because he's the pain in the ass but stupid ass sprite decides to jump out of the car now she's 12 years old and she has legs that are about six inches long but she is shit averse and she wants to get away from that dog shit as fast as possible so she starts heading down the middle of the road now there's this is the middle of the farmlands on an 80 mile an hour stretch of two-lane highway and she starts trotting down the roads well like she runs about as fast as I do, so I'd had a pair of flip-flops on, so I go behind her and I step on her leash. Just as I stepped on the leash, Buddy decides to clothesline me, so I'm laying face first in the middle of the road, literally on the yellow line in the middle of this road, and I look up and there's a car coming in, in each direction. And I really did not have time to scramble or stand up. Fortunately, I had both dogs' leashes, so I just rolled across the highway and into the ditch. The car that was coming from behind me pulled over to see what was going on and by this time i had stood up and i waved him off and everything was okay and uh then uh went back to the back of the car and cleaned out the poop but yeah um that's the closest that is one of those things where you really 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 understood that i could have gotten killed that one i really could have gotten killed and then i drove um from there to uh missoula I get to Missoula and go in to get a room and the entire city is booked because it was the uh, graduation for University of Montana and so there was not another room to be had and nobody had any resources so I started driving 
back west and I figure, you know, I hit St. Regis. You get to St. Regis and it's full because for the same reason, everybody was heading back that had gone to the graduation. So I called my sister and told her, you know, I'm going to drive all the way into Coeur d'Alene. They live in that area. So it's like, I'm going to drive to Coeur d'Alene and I'll get a room in Coeur d'Alene. And she's like, well, if you're going to Coeur d'Alene, I'm actually before you get there. So uh, come on up. And they had a little camp trailer. So I knew my dogs wouldn't get along with their dogs. So we went up and I stayed in the camp trailer that night. It's the first time I'd ever been to her house. And that, again, was another surreal situation where you go into somebody's house. And I mean, I grew up with these people, but I hadn't seen them in 20 years. And so I'm at their house. And I really had planned on just spending the night and going home. But uh, they wanted me to stay a day and have a barbecue with the four nieces, which, again, I hadn't seen in 20 years. So here the next day we had a little went up to breakfast and then we had cocktails and we came home and we had beer. And then, um, that night, you know, they set up a barbecue and all the kids came over with their husbands and their boyfriends and their kids. And it was just so strange. The last time I seen these kids, they were like between seven and 14 and now they're thirties and late thirties and been around and college educated and have kids and everything else. So that was really, really strange. I drove home Monday. It was uneventful, other than the car overheating a couple of times, you know. So I just pulled over at a couple of the rest stops and managed to limp her home. And I get it down to uh, back to the dealership and they serviced it. I picked it up from being serviced and uh, I did the same damn thing. So it goes back again on Tuesday. Well, Sunday night, I'm sitting watching TV. I was getting ready to go to bed, and the phone rings, and it's Nancy's partner. And it's 11 o'clock at night, and, uh, you know, he's kind of scrambled about what to do with all of her stuff. And so I talked to him for, like, 20 minutes. And uh, Janie's husband agreed to help him sell her truck and Nancy's horse trailer. So he was trying to figure out how to get a hold of, hold of them and stuff. So, uh... That was odd, and then I went and got the mail yesterday. I had sent uh, I'd sent him a card, a condolence card. You know, that's my sister. It was his partner, and he lived with her for the last 12 years. So I had sent him my contact information and a card. So then he sent me a card back, which was very, very sweet. Everything's up in the air. Hopefully next week this time I will have a, a house sold. And I can be shopping to buy a house. I can't buy a back in my own city. But that's a discussion for another time. So that kind of catches you up on what's been going on. I went to the sleep doctor yesterday. And I hadn't seen him in three months. And it was actually in his office when I had I was sitting there when I got the call that she had passed away. And so he remembered that. And then I told him what had happened in the intervening time. And as I'm getting ready to left, he goes, are you flying anywhere, anyplace soon? And it's like, I hadn't planned on it. He goes, well, if you get on a plane, make sure you tell me so I don't get on that same plane. Because your life is basically a reality show. <laughs> so, yeah, that's how I kind of feel. It's like, I can't make this shit up. Still wondering how I came up with the idea just to roll across the highway to get into the, to get into the ditch. 
my sister was hoping that the people behind me on either way had you know a dash cam so it was recorded someplace and it might show up on youtube so if you see a, a fat woman rolling across the highway in montana with two stupid dogs um yeah it was me that that, that really happened so i'm going to sign off hope everybody's doing well have a good holiday have a good fourth go out and play blow the place up uh do what you do to celebrate your your American freedom and patriotism. And we all have our own definitions of it, but uh, I really do wish you well. Again, if you want to contact me, you can email, email me at skyerkayjay1958 at yahoo.com. Again, that is skierkj1958 at yahoo.com also can be found on twitter at at s-k-y-e-r-k-a-y-j-a-y that's skier k-j so it's s-k-y-e-r-k-a-y-j-a-y so i'll be talking at you next time about the house and um moving and uh how the house shopping's going in the most competitive most expensive market in the united states and then moving 40 years of detritus from my house to a new one.